I believe it's something that we as humans were never meant to take on. We were never meant to define for ourselves who we are or define for ourselves what life is about and, and to find our purpose in that sense of creating it. Over against that is what we're talking about is that God himself is the one who can give us a, a true picture of our identity, but he's also the one that can, can give us our sense of purpose and, and meaning, like what is it that he wants to do through our lives? So that's kind of like stage one. Stage one is just coming to terms with this idea that to, to find abundant life, we need to know who we are based on what God says. And we need to find God's purpose for our life and not just try to come up with it on our own. Jim, welcome back onto the show. I really appreciate you joining us. You were on several months back and we ended up talking about some, some pretty deep stuff. Um, we're gonna take a, another deep dive today to, to discuss why it's important for us to find ourselves in the grand story of scripture, the grand narrative that, that God has been telling throughout history here we are in 2023. We we find ourselves in this moment in time, but um, but yeah, we're we're gonna dive into that. But before before we do, I just want to turn it over to you just to introduce us a little bit, our listeners, to who you are, where you are, what life and ministry looks like for you these days. Yeah, so we arrived here in Clarksville, Tennessee, about two years ago, and serving with a ministry called the Navigators primarily focused on a military ministry at Fort Campbell, uh, married with four kids. Uh, school just started up here, so it's been a busy kickoff, and we're in the sweet spot of kids going every which way because they're in, uh, all different. Uh, and we got two in high school doing two different sports, one in middle school doing a sport, and one in elementary. So we got all the, all the schools covered. Um, it's a busy season, but it's a, it's a fun season, and... Doing ministry on the base has been fun as well. Um, I've also, since the last time we talked, started doing uh, leadership coaching using Clifton Strengths. So that, that's been a lot of fun. Actually, pertained a little bit to what we're talking about. But just the Imago Day in a, in a person, uh, they, using Clifton Strengths Finder, kind of help people discover their unique design and then you know work with them in developing it. So that's been fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, if people were interested into digging deeper into that for themselves, do you have some way that they could reach out to you or, or learn more about that? Yeah, if you go to wealigncoaching.com and then go to our team, you can scroll down the bios there. And, and I'm one of the many bios. And I think there's a contact click there or they could just contact me with the email, which I can give you. Yeah, we'll um, we'll get that from you and put it in the show notes and in the YouTube video description. Because um, I think some people, I've been through Clifton Strength Finder a few times, and it's definitely helpful just to get a better sense of who you are and um, how that might play into the way God wants to use you um, in your in your life and in the work that He's doing on the earth today. Yeah, for sure, man. It's been fun. It's been, I, I get a lot of joy from just taking people through it and 
uh, helping them kind of discover. It's fun to watch people discover, uh, you know, God's unique fingerprint on them. I like the way you set it up that, um, that that does have some connections to what we're going to be talking about today, because of course, all of us are individuals We're we're wired a certain way, but, um, we're supposed to bring that into the larger story that, that God is telling. So our, our personalities, our strengths, our, our histories, our individual histories, finding out what those are, who we are, but then connecting it to the larger story. I thought that we could start off just by reading a few verses. And I listed some as we were doing some prep work for this show, you listed some. So let me just read through some of these so that folks get a sense of what we're gonna be talking about when we talk about the, the grand story of God. So let me just read through these, Jim, and then yep. I'll, I'll ask you to, to give some insights. So Psalm 33, 11 says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Isaiah 14 reads in part, the Lord of hosts has sworn saying, surely just as I have intended, so it has happened. And just as I have planned, so it will stand. For the Lord of hosts has planned and who can frustrate it? And as for his stretched out hand, who can turn it back? Romans 11 in the New Testament says that the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And in that passage, Paul is explaining to non-Jewish Christians how God still has a plan and a purpose for the physical descendants of Abraham, the Jewish people. The plans or the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And then James 1.17 says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Finally, in Mark 10, Jesus himself said, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And there we see Jesus going all the way back to the beginning to help people understand God's values, God's principles, God's truths in their modern society and time. So we're talking about rooting ourselves in the grand story of God. And so let me ask you, just as we're getting started here, what what do we mean by the grand story of God? And you can riff off any of those verses that we just talked through or share something yeah. else besides that. Yeah, I was thinking about that as, as we were just introing that God does have a grand narrative. And I think I know early on in my walk, that was that was a revelation to to me to realize, like, man, from creation and before until, you know, Jesus returns, God, God has a narrative that, you know, like Psalm 33 there says that it stands from generation to generation. And so in a powerful, uh, sometimes subtle way, we can see ourselves then connected all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, through Abraham uh, through the Israelites, through Moses and the Israelites, through David, uh, to Jesus, and then, you know, through us in, in the age that, that we live in now, as we await for Jesus' return, we can see the connectedness and the plan that God has been unfolding since 
the creation of time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's, that's so important because when we think about modernity and the way that many of us are, are taught or maybe even if it's not overt, what we pick up, I think from modern life and, and modern society is that you really have to define yourself. You have to, you have to come to terms with who you are. And that's actually part of what we talked about uh, last time is this idea of, of going inward to discover truth and discover your identity and how that, that isn't, that isn't ultimately going to work. It's not going to lead us to a true sense of identity and purpose. And so you've got, you've got that on one side that all of us are in this, this modern mind frame of seeking to identify, to find our identity. And, and we look inward to do that. And then we also have this sense of, of our purpose and our history. And again, that's, it's almost like we've got this mindset that it's just a blank page and it's up to us to create a meaningful life, to, to discover and to find and to define for ourselves what it means to, to, to live a meaningful life and to find uh, a meaningful purpose. And when you have that, I, I believe it's something that we as humans were never meant to take on. We were never meant to define for ourselves who we are or define for ourselves what life is about and, and to find our purpose in that sense of creating it. Over against that is what we're talking about is that God himself is the one who can give us a, a true picture of our identity, but he's also the one that can can give us our sense of purpose and and meaning like what is it that he wants to do through our lives so that's kind of like stage one stage one is just coming to terms with this idea that to to find abundant life we need to know who we are based on what god says and we need to find god's purpose for our life and not just try to come up with it on our own now what we're going to talk about is sort of like 2.0 which is as as we seek to have God define for us our purpose and what it means to, to live a meaningful life, he's not just writing that custom made for us in the sense that, hey, God's doing something in Jim Cameron's life and it's completely separate from what he's doing in Andrew Stroud's life. Um, and God's just doing these one-off purposes and identities. No, what we're saying is that God has this overarching story that he is writing, authoring throughout time and space. And we need to find ourselves in that story. And God is going to be helping us find ourselves in that story. So I'm going to flip it back over to you. Like that's when I'm thinking about the grand story of God and rooting ourselves in it. That's what I have in mind. Yeah. I, I like what you're saying about tying the, uh, there, there is a uniqueness that each of us brings um, and that each of us has, but rather than looking inside to, you know, then discover what that is and, and live it out to find fulfillment and purpose, we actually, the, the best way to do it is to look external at what our creator has said and what he has purpose to do in the, in the, in the world through his narrative, and then look at, well, what's my part to play in and it just takes the edge off mm. of trying to figure it out on your own. Like, no, man, I'm I'm a part of this grand story that God is doing. And 
I, I just need to figure out what's the part that I get to play, uh, you know, based on how he has gifted me and, and designed me. Um, one of the verses we didn't read, but pertains here is Ephesians 2.10. You know, it's Paul says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, so there, there's this reality that God has created us in Christ to do good works, which God has known from eternity past. That's kind mm-hmm. of mind-blowing to think about it. But that all fits into this grander narrative. Right. There's so many things that, that this does for us. Oh, sorry, Jim. I didn't mean to cut you off if you were still going there. Nope, that's good. Let's try Back to you. I, I think part of what this does for us is it, it helps, it, it affirms our significance in the world, but it doesn't root that significance just in, it, it doesn't atomize that. It doesn't mean that I'm significant because of who I am in a vacuum. Um, my significance is because of who God has created me to be and because of this, this work, these works that he has ordained beforehand that that he has for me to, to play out. So the, the first thing that I hope folks will take from this is, is assessing their own mindset and framework for viewing themselves and viewing life. And hopefully we can persuade folks that to, to truly find who you are and what your purpose is in life, you have to look outside of yourself, specifically look to God. And even beyond that, look to the purpose that he's already been telling for thousands of years that he wants you to enter in and become part of. So we, we already hinted at some of this, but when we don't do that, when we fail to root ourselves in this grand story that God is telling, there are implications, there's fallout that that takes place as a result of that. So I wanted to spend just a few minutes talking about some of the, the dangers of being unrooted or unplugged from this sense of, of identity and purpose. So what, what are some of the things that you've seen in your own life, Jim, or as you've been discipling others? that result from having an unrooted view of self and life. Yeah. I think back uh, for me personally, and then a lot of the people that I do interact with and in discipling that one of the big ones is work. Yeah. For me and and a a lot of the people that I've tried to help over the, the years is just under having a biblical understanding of work and, you know, in, in one hand, it's like I've, I've had people tell me, no, you just work to put food on the table and to give you a place to share the gospel. And um, and that just really bothered me because I worked a lot of hours. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that seems like I'm wasting my day. Um, but yeah, right. I didn't I, I felt like I wanted to do what I was doing. Um and so as I began to understand that there's a there's a grand narrative and, and work is part of it, uh, that actually God created work in the beginning and, and work was created good. There's going to be work in, in heaven in eternity. Um, now, it is corrupted and it's hard because of the fall. And so, again, understanding the grand narrative that, that God created all things, he created it good. Uh, all things are corrupted in the fall. And then all things are can be restored in Christ, um, and that 
then we get to participate. Our calling and our part to play is participating in that call of redemption and restoration um, that continues on. So I think that's that's been really helpful for me and, and others is, is just being able to go back and take things to the grand narrative and applying that viewpoint, that perspective to whatever it is, you know, they're, they're dealing with and addressing. Is that part of what drove you to explore and, and discover this idea of God having a grand narrative? Was there a sense that, that life was bifurcated, that, that there were parts of your life that I guess in that previous view, didn't really connect with with God's purpose and and that just struck you as as being off or what was it for you that that led you yeah. to discover this it's a good question for me it was I felt I was not living an integrated life that I that I wasn't living wholehearted you know you I can pull the scriptures Colossians 3 23 uh, Ephesians 6 um, talks about you know, do your work as unto the Lord. Uh, right. And so I I can read that and I can obey that, but I didn't understand it. And so I think that's what drove me like, okay, but what does it mean to work unto the Lord? Um, you know, and, and how is that part, like, so what am I doing for the Lord Um in my day-to-day work and just being able to understand that. And so, yes, as over time, it it definitely took time, I think, um, to to kind of grow into this understanding that, ah, it's part of God's grand narrative, you know, on this. Yeah, I think, I think this is, this is so important. It's not, for many of us, it's not where we start. I think for most of us, because we are raised in such an individualized society, we bring that into our Christian faith. And for, for many of us early on, we, we have that mindset when it comes to our faith that I need to figure out what, how I'm going to serve God so that I can offer that to him versus again, trying to discover what is God doing? How can I be a part of that? What is it that he wants me? Where is it that he wants me to join the work that he is already doing? And so for, for me, I believe it was, it was just time in the scriptures and beginning to try to discern, well, what do, what, what do these stories from the Old Testament, what relevance do they have for me in the, in the 2000s? Um, Abraham is a great story, but is there anything beyond that? And what, what happened to God, all these promises that God made to Abraham that, that had no expiration date, that God made promises to Abraham and to many Old Testament figures that yeah. were eternal covenants. And so trying to figure out, well, where do I fit? Where do I fit in? Are there, are there parallel things that God is doing where he's working through He's still fulfilling these promises to people like Abraham and David and to the nation of Israel. And now he's doing something separate, but parallel through Jesus and, and through people like me who are Gentile. I I think trying to figure out how, how does this fit together was part of what drove me to, to seek out. And when I did begin to discover how, how it does fit together, how this grand story 
is a, a singular theme that we find in scriptures. It was very, uh, it, it was so uh, fulfilling and eye-opening because now I find, I find my place in God's story and it helps me understand who I am and, and what it is that he wants me to do. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit, Jim, uh, or feel free to comment on any of that, but then let's shift into, for those who are listening, who, who may be curious about what we're describing here, but also have a sense that, that they don't, they don't themselves know, well, what is this grand story? I believe in Jesus. I, I want to follow him. I want to do these works that he has for me, but how do I find them? How do, how do I learn this, this grand story? What are some ways that someone can develop a clearer picture of that grand story and their place in it? Yeah. Uh, I was just going to comment on your earlier thing that uh, in addition to what you shared, it also helps us just with direction. Like, okay, now I, now I see how this story is playing out a little bit, but I also see my place in it and how I can now participate in it. Um, and so I think that's probably one of the, the start points for people is to, when they read the scriptures, um, you know, figure out how does this relate and how does this connect to me today? So when you read Abraham, um, and you read the promises given to Abraham, you know, in, Je in Galatians, Paul says that the gospel was preached in advance to, to Abraham and that we are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. And so to just begin to get curious about, well, what is that connection that we have in the grander story? And and how can I I'd be a part of it? I mean, it's exciting you know, as you think about these things. Maybe backing it up just a, a second is, I think what is also helpful is to recognize or to even just be aware that there is a grand narrative out there that is playing out in the scriptures and that God is playing out, you know, throughout history um, that, that we see from creation all the way to uh, restoration. Right. So, for you, either based on your personal experience or as you're discipling others, as you're helping them come to grips with that grand story, are there are there ways that you go about trying to help them discern that and and then from yeah. there find their place in it? Yeah, I I think it's really helpful to just start at the beginning. You know, Genesis one and two. That's God's intent. We we can look in there. I think that's why I like Mark ten because Jesus. Jesus himself says, well, back in the beginning, that's not how it was. So he himself is kind of saying, well, this was not the original design. This was not the original structure. I'm sorry, the original uh, trajectory that was there. Uh, and we still have the same structure today, but it, it's become bent or, you know, it's become deformed in some way, shape or form. But we can still learn a lot about the original structure in Genesis 1 and 2. And then I think we learn a ton about um, how that structure was marred and how that applies, you know, across creation and into our own hearts, the deepest part of our own hearts with the fall. And so those three chapters of Genesis, are, that's where I would start. And that's... I think if you can get that down, if you can get the start point down and that initial 
heart down, you're on a good trajectory to move forward, um, you know, with the rest of the, the narrative and the story. Yes, some of this is preliminary work, and the preliminary work, I think, is is something that we've already touched on, which is in order to find myself and my purpose, I, I can't look inward. I actually have to look outward and specifically look to God and what he's doing in the world. And then to understand, going back to these verses that we read at the outset, that the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart from generation to generation. So you begin to discern this, this symmetry within the scriptures. And like you said, we can start in Genesis chapters one, two, and three, and we find mankind in close fellowship with God, in possession of eternal life on the earth and in this flawless state. And then we can jump all the way to the end of the Bible. We can look at the book of Revelation and, and how we see things wrapping up. And we find mankind in close fellowship with God, in possession of eternal life, living on the earth in this flawless state. And so the, the in-between is where we live. We're living somewhere in between Genesis one through three and Revelation 20 through 22. Yeah. And so that's, that's the starting point. And to realize that what God began to do way back in the beginning, he is committed to, to seeing that through. He hasn't given up on it. So uh, early plug for f those listening, we actually put together a resource called the Foundation Series. And this is what it does. It, it traces the story of God from Genesis through Revelation by examining 10 individual episodes from the scriptures. It starts in the garden in Genesis um, and then quickly moves to the flood. That's the second episode that we examine. And I, I think the flood is an important story because there you see, like you mentioned earlier, Jim, that that things did get off track, that these purposes that God had were threatened by sin and by Satan. And so God in, in Genesis 6, God is faced with this world that has gone astray. And that's putting it lightly. Like the world was, uh, Genesis 6, 5 and 6 says that uh, every thought and intention of man's heart was only evil all the time. <laughs> and there's... There's some big words there, you know, every thought, only evil all the time. So God looks down pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. God looks yeah. down and things are way off track. And yeah. so he brings this flood. And the way you understand the flood is very important that the, that the flood, if you just see that as an end, then it's a pretty discouraging episode in the scriptures. But one way that I describe this is that God looking down at this earth, um, he can he, he's got these two buttons in front of him. What is he going to do with this earth that's completely off the rails? Um, one is that he can do a delete and start over where he just wipes the slate, starts over with a new creation. But see, that that isn't true of the character of God. Um, God is not going to give up on his purposes. The other button that God has access to is the the re, the, the rescue button that God can take action, come down and fix the problem. And that's the button that God pushes in Genesis. And really the, the whole Bible is just a playing out. And even in our own time, it's just a playing out of what God is doing 
to fulfill his his purposes. So sorry, that's a bit of a monologue, but I think if I could quickly summarize the two steps, one is don't look inward, look outward. And then secondly, specifically look to a God who doesn't change. And like you said, go back to the beginning to begin to discern what is it that God is committed to seeing happen? Okay, now how can I become part of that? Where do I fit? Yeah, that's good, man. I, and I think I call them the golden threads that are traced through scripture. Uh, the first one being the kingdom of God, which we see so perfectly in Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, but it's still there throughout scripture. And Jesus, man, he most of his parables are about the kingdom of God. Right. And so that's one of the golden threads. The other golden thread I think that's helpful is to consider the mission of God. Uh, even, even in Genesis 1 and 2, so what was the original mission of God? Well, he wanted to rule uh, his creation with mankind. Really, he wanted man to do it, and God wanted to do it with him. God wanted to be with us as we ruled over and flourished his crea- His good creation. It hasn't changed, um, but then the fall happens. And so we start to understand that. And the mission changes a little bit uh, in the sense, or it takes a detour, right? Uh, in the sense that, well, now God's got to, like you said, uh, either hit the the redo button or the rescue button and praise be to God. He hit the rescue button. Um, and so then following that thread. And so those two threads, just following them through scripture. And uh, yeah, I would echo your plug for the foundation series. That is so helpful. I mean, as aptly named, it's so foundational just in understanding. And I call it like being able to walk in wisdom because it helps you to discern what does it look like as I see myself in the grander story. Now I can begin to more effectively and appropriately navigate some of these uh, more difficult issues and challenges that we face. The, one of the ways I describe the foundation series, I, I imagine it as a, um, as a mountain range. If you've ever flown over, say the, the the rocky mountains and you're in a plane you're at this elevated altitude and you're looking down at the earth and let's just say that there's a, a a layer of clouds that are preventing you from from seeing the ground itself but because you're flying over these these peaks that are sticking through the clouds you can actually discern the the trajectory of this range of mountains you can you you can know uh, these mountains are running in this direction. And so with the foundation series, we're looking at 10 episodes from the Bible. Like, of course, we want to study the entire scripture from from start to finish. But but these are 10 peaks that if you look at them together, you can begin to discern. Oh, OK, that's that's what God is doing, that that's the grand story. And once you have that trajectory it's amazing how things begin to fall into place. Um, again, just just to discern who is God calling you to be in that story? What does he say about you in the context yeah. of this grander narrative? And, and then what does he want you to do? Uh, again, tied into, into this story. And like you said earlier, it begins to give um, a connection to all of life so that you don't have this segmented view where, hey, this is my religious, this is the religious part of my life. And then here's all the other stuff that's not really important, but I've got to do it because 
I'm living on the earth in 2023, you can begin to integrate because you understand how all of this can, can fit into what God's doing. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's super exciting when you think about it to go like, yeah, so I, I can be a part of this eternal plan that God, God is about, God is committed to doing. And what's interesting is God could do what he wants to do pretty much however he wants to do it, but he chooses throughout scripture and, and up to our day and age and he, he uses people. And so the point being like, well, we get to be a part of it. He invites us, he invites us as his children to be a part of it and, you know, to be a part of the family business. And so I just think that's another picture of God's grace that that He's like, oh, I could do this with a snap of a finger, but I'm right, gonna let right. you guys participate, and it's it's exciting. One of the verses that I didn't put into our notes for this episode, but it had to do with the unchanging nature of God, but also the the unchanging commitment of God to His purposes, um, was from the Old Testament where. It's in Malachi and God tells the, the Israelites, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O house of Jacob, are not destroyed. And it just it reminds me of what you were just saying there that, um, yes, if it's just us, we're going to we're going to mess up the story. We're going to derail the story. But it's not up to us because God is is committed. That's part of the good news is that, of course, we can look around the world. And if we just and certainly if we look inward, we can become very distressed and we can begin to buy into this notion that this world is really messed up. <laughs> and uh, how could God ever bring good out of me or out of out of my personal history or out of the world? Um, and yet it it isn't, you know, God is stronger than men. So as bad as men are and as, as flawed and as messed up as as we often make things, God is stronger than that. And, and God's purposes are going to come through. In fact, he's even going to use a lot of our sin and a lot of our, our our flawed mistakes to accomplish his purpose it's 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 good news that god is yeah. is not yeah. going to be derailed from from his purposes yeah i was just reading in the second kings second kings 1930 and 31 it says this is not a high period for um you know Judah and but in the midst of it, there's this promise, verse 30, says, And the surviving remnant of the house of Judah will take root downward and bear fruit upward. Out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and out of Mount Zion a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord will do this. Just, again, God in his grace, he, he, he wants to use people. He said he's going to use us, and he's, he's going to do it, and we can take him at his word. And, and lean in and participate, um, you know, which I think is, that's, that's the fun thing to do. And that's the fulfilling thing to do. Like you're talking about right. Purpose and um, right. I guess you could go other places. We're our, our church here in Chula Vista. We're, we're currently going through what we call an equip series where we're teaching people, members of the church, how to better study the Bible and the, so you start with prayer. First of all, you know, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things from your word. That, that's a great prayer for all of us from Psalm 119. Yeah. Yeah. But then the next step is 
the way you view the scriptures. And so most of us, we, we fall into this pattern of we, we pick up the Bible, we begin to read it, and we think the Bible was written to us. And so we read it as if it was written to us. And the Bible is not written to us. The Bible was written for us. And that's what Romans 15 says, that whatever was written in past times was written for our instruction. But we need to read it understanding the the initial readers who who those books were written for and only as we understand the original message can we begin to extrapolate and understand well okay what does it mean for me and it, it goes back to the same thing we've been talking about which is just understanding that that god is doing something and we have a part in it i i, I think one of the one of the false beliefs that we buy into in modern times is that if we're, if we can be at the center of the story, that's the best thing possible. Because if we can be the main character, then um, that's gonna be the most fulfilling life that, that we can find. Yeah. Right. And it's as so many things with, with truth, it's, it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> like if you can find out who the main character is and then root yourself in this story, that's actually much greater than just coming up with your own story. Even if you end up being the main character, that's going to be such a lame story. Um, if, if much better to find out this amazing story that's happening uh, throughout history and, and become a part of that. Yeah, man. The paradox of the gospel. I, I, <laughs> I love it. It's, it's so hard, but it's so like profound, you know, that whoever loves his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life, for my sake, you know, you'll gain it. And so if you really want to, if you really want to find true life, the abundant life, you need to look to scripture and say, okay, how can I give my life away in this grand story that Jesus is doing, that God is doing? And yeah, what's, what's a part that I can play as opposed yeah. to, you know, trying to make yourself at the center of the, the epicenter of it. All. And, and again, this is, this is just central to, to faith, because what we're talking about right now is also what enables worship or proper worship. Because mm -hmm. as long as I'm trying to create this the, the, this most meaningful life for myself, I can only really worship myself. Uh, that that's that's going to be the the bottom outcome of that, the bottom line outcome of that. Yeah. Whereas when I yeah. can look outside of myself to God and begin to discern what he's doing, who he is, and then see that he's got space for me to be part of that, it creates this, this overwhelming sense of, of gratitude and, um, and security. And I can begin to worship God because this story is, it's something he's telling and he's enabling me to be a part of. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, and I think it highlights the, the imperative of faith and trust you know like we have to trust that god is good and that he is in control um you know like luke 9 23 that paradox of the gospel is stated in 24 25 you know basically whoever loves his life will lose it and, and giving up your life for the sake of the gospel you actually find life but before that jesus says if anyone would come after me must deny himself 
take up his cross daily and follow me. And so mm. there's this aspect that we have to submit ourselves to God and to his story and, and trust him in it. The thing of it is when I'm like, when I'm still trying to do it, a lot of times for me, I'll speak for myself, it's because I want to do it on my terms. You mm. know, I want the abundant life, but I want it on my terms. <laughs> Right. I want it in a way that, you know, I don't have to actually be dependent upon God. I don't have to have faith in God. Really. Yeah. Like you said, that this, this is the paradox and the challenge of, of living a life of, of faith. Uh, it's why yeah. sometimes these things can seem like they're, at, they're in conflict with one another. I mean, the idea of taking up your cross in order to find life, I mean, on the face of it, that seems like a contradiction. You know, how can an instrument of death actually lead to life? But like you said, it's because there's this promise that that we're entering into. Yes, in a sense, our life is ending, um, but that's not the end. Our life is ending so that this new life that's rooted in, in God and God's life and God's purpose we're actually able to embrace and begin to live that out. Jim, we um, often, when we're doing small groups and Bible studies and we're helping folks dig into the scriptures, we do start with prayer. We, we move to helping people discern the original message to the original readers. But we do eventually want to draw from that. Well, it wasn't written to us, but it was written for us. So what are the implications and the applications of these truths that we're talking about. So maybe we can wrap up this conversation today by trying to help folks discern. I think we've already talked about some of the implications, what, what this means for us to, to root ourselves in the grand story of God. But what are some applications? What are some practical ways if we could give maybe two or three practical applications for our listeners to begin to develop this and then maybe some resources that they could benefit from. Yeah, uh, that's good. I, I would think one is be, being able to interpret life through the grand narrative. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of things out there that the scriptures don't directly speak to. But when we, but when we go back and we say, okay, how, how can I understand whatever this is, um, pick your issue of the day, how can I understand that it was created good? So, you know, there was something good because all things, God created everything and he said it was all good. Uh, right. But it's somehow been bent upon itself. And then look at, well, how, how is it redeemed or restored in Christ? And then how can I, how can I walk in that? I think that's one very practical way, just day to day of, of how we live our lives. I know, um, you know, there's different ways that people make decisions, big and small. And some people, you know, they really depend on a mystical word from God. And that's great uh, if they get it. Um, but I haven't always gotten that. And so I feel like the way that God has called me and actually he matures me in this process, it's a part of how I am growing, God is maturing me, is that he takes me to difficult decisions and he says, okay, wrestle with the scriptures. Like Hebrews 5 talks about solid food is for the mature, 
who, because of constant practice or practical exercise, have trained their senses to discern good and evil. Well, the way that for me it has been helpful, and, and I think for others, is to just go back to the scriptures and say, okay, what was the original structure? Mm-hmm. How has it become bent upon itself? How can we see it restored in Christ? And then now, how do I live out of that? Man, I think that's I, I'm in complete agreement with that, and I think you you phrased it beautifully there. So root yourself in scriptures. That's where we're going to find God's character, uh, God's purpose. But specifically, as you're reading the scriptures, always be trying, as you're reading the life of Abraham, part of what you want to ask yourself is, well, how does this connect to God's original purposes that we find at the beginning in Genesis? And then How does this connect to Jesus and how God is ultimately restoring those purposes? So with throughout the scriptures, you know, trying to to tie the scriptures to those first two things before I even try to figure out, well, what does it mean for me, Andrew Shroud in 2023? I'm just trying to discern what was God doing in this person's life? and, And then how does it connect with Genesis and Jesus? I think that's um, that is probably if, if folks just do that and just read the scriptures, but read them in that way, um, they're going to open up in a whole new way for you. What about some resources, Jim, that you would point people towards? Yeah. I, I'm glad you mentioned the foundation series because it, that, that is super helpful. I've, I've, you know, I've gone through that myself and I did find it incredibly helpful. Um, a couple other resources, listed there. One is Creation Regained by Albert Walters. And he does a great job of just helping us to understand this this grander narrative that, that God God has created and, and what's the so what for us and how we can then walk in wisdom um, using the approach of this grander narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one book. And the other one I, I would throw out there is How Now Shall We Live? by Chuck Colson. I think you've read that too, Enhancing Piercy. Yes. Um, good book that, again, looks at the, the grander narrative and just, you know, it, it actually looks at it from a biblical perspective. What do we see in scripture? But then it applies it very practically in each of the categories of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Yes, I love that four-part framework. Say that again, just in case folks were listening and didn't catch it the four part yeah creation fall redemption and then restoration yeah that's a great those are great chapters to think through the story of god and like you said you can find those expounded on in this book how now shall we live by chuck colson and nancy percy i've got links to each of these books as well as the foundation series and the foundation series is it's available on into the Harvest website. It's a free resource if folks want to download that, go through it themselves or take others that they're uh, sharing the faith with uh, through that series. Um, One last one that I would mention is The Untold Story of the New Testament Church by Frank Viola. So it does obviously focus mostly on the New Testament church, but as he introduces that, that core emphasis, he ties it back to the original story. And so 
he's really connecting how this New Testament church, the story of the New Testament church is bringing to fulfillment these ancient purposes and yeah. uh, is just carrying on the work that, that God has been doing throughout the Old Testament. So that's another great one that uh, I've benefited from and have taken several groups through. So, well, Jim, yeah, thanks so much for, for coming back on. Um, you and I always have fun conversations. And so uh, I'm glad that every now and then we get to record one of these and uh, hopefully it's encouraging to others. It may be a new way of thinking about the scriptures and faith for some of our, our listeners. Um, and hopefully it's an encouragement to them, but I really appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been fun. We'll do it again soon. Sounds good, bro. Thank you.